a ship would never leave a harbor if it did not have a destination. If you were to climb to the navigation bridge and ask the captain the name and location of his next port of call, he would tell you immediately. There's not the slightest doubt in his mind. Can you tell anyone your destination just as quickly and in one sentence? The captain of the ship knows that he can arrive at only one port at a time. He knows that it's impossible to arrive at two. Do you know that? He also knows that his destination will be invisible for fully 99% of his voyage, but he knows it's there and that he'll reach it if he will just keep doing certain things a certain way every day. One fine morning his destination will appear on the horizon. He'll sail into port, his voyage successfully completed. When his business has been accomplished, he'll then sail to another predetermined port of call, and this will take him and his ship from one success to another for the rest of both of their lives. By understanding that he can reach only one port at a time, the owner of a ship can, in the short space of a very few years, reach hundreds of ports successfully. There'll be problems, lots of them, but they'll be solved, and the ship will steam its solitary course over the deep oceans of the world, devoting its life to accomplishing its mission. Men and women who follow this sensible, obvious, and meaningful way of life will do the same. But the paradox is that most are like ships without rudders. They're subject to the whims of wind and tide. And while they hope they'll one day arrive in a rich and bustling port, you and I know that for every narrow harbor entrance, there's a thousand miles of treacherous and rocky coastline. The chances of their just drifting into port are a thousand to one against them. These are the unfortunate people who, not knowing the rules, believe that circumstance controls our lives. They believe in luck and superstition, fate. They believe that success comes as the result of who you know, not what you know. And while they cling to their false alibis, life passes them by. For the rules of life are just, and they are checkmated, without haste, but without remorse. Now what about you? Remembering that the definition of success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, what's the ideal toward which you are working, now, today, yesterday, and tomorrow? Can you write it in one sentence? Is your goal sharply and clearly defined? If you can tell me what you want, I can tell you how to get it. You see, the trick is not in achieving our goals, it is in establishing them. You are at this moment the sum total of your thoughts to this point, for there is nothing else you can be. Succeeding in life has always been a matter of doing that which the great majority does not do. That's just the way it is. And if we don't recognize it, it will be to our cost. To amount to anything as individuals, we've got to be individuals. We've got to have individual goals, individual thinking, individual action. We must never conform to the great mass of people. We must love them, help them, for our joy and success will be determined by the extent to which we serve them. But we must never lose our individuality and identity by permitting ourselves to be submerged in this suffocating sea of indirection and purposelessness. There's nothing wrong with emulation. In fact, it's a good idea. So long as we emulate a person who represents that which we wish to become, but never the crowd never the 95 percent. Do you know what the answer was, the secret to achievement that I had devoted nearly 20 years to finding? Its pure simplicity had caused it to elude me. 
I had been looking for something complicated, something only a mind prepared by years of study could grasp, and I found the answer so simple a child can understand it. In six words, we are what we think about. Our minds, our thinking, controls our destinies here on Earth to a degree totally unsuspected by the great majority of people. If we become what we think about, and if we can control our minds, we can pretty well tell our own future. And that's the point I want to make. Each one of us is the architect of the structure fashioned by our years. This means that if we're confused about what we wish to become or accomplish, our lives, our environment will mirror that confusion. It also means that if we know what it is we seek, that it will, it must be accomplished. We as individuals can call our own shots for the rest of our lives. We can know what it means to go through life from one success to another, to play life according to the rules and reap the rewards. We can know what it means to have peace of mind and live calm, cheerful, successful lives. Successful living is nothing more than the ability to solve successfully the problems which are as much a part of living as breathing. The degree of our success will be determined by the extent to which we can solve our problems. The problem with the great majority of individuals is not with their ability to achieve their goals in life, but rather with the failure to understand two factors vital to successful living. The first is to make the decision as to what it is we want enough to give it most of our attention until it's been achieved and to clearly define it. And the second is to fully understand that we have the ability to achieve this goal or we wouldn't want it in the first place. The next vital rule to successful living is to understand that our success is won or lost by our ability to serve others. We are interdependent and it's just as impossible to succeed without serving others as it would be to live in our modern world without others serving us. Our rewards in life will and must always be in exact proportion to our service. A lot of people don't like this law, if they're even aware of it, but not liking a law does nothing to change it. Look where you will, you will find this law in undeviating operation. Our rewards will always be in exact proportion to our service. All attempts to sidestep or in any way avoid this law will result in frustration and failure. 95% of the people never quite understand, emotionally or intellectually, that we as individuals control to an altogether unsuspected extent our lives here on earth. That each one of us is the architect of the structure fashioned by our years. All of us want the same things, but only about 5% figures out how to get them. The failure of most people to live successfully is not caused by their lack of abilities, far from it, but rather in their failure to decide what it is they want and understanding that our wants are governed by our talents and abilities and that we are divided into two groups of roughly 5% and 95% and that it's the 5% group which is successful. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. That is, anyone who knows where he is going in life is a success. At the moment he makes the decision of what it is he intends to accomplish, of what it is he considers a worthy ideal, he is successful. Once this goal has been accomplished, he is again, by our definition, a failure until he establishes a new goal toward which to work. To my mind, this is what we as human beings were intended to do, to go through life from one achievement to another and to finally come to the end of our road here on earth, still reaching, still working toward a new and better plateau on which to stand. 
for this is to live and live completely. To know as much as we can know. To serve as much as we can serve. To accomplish as much as we can accomplish. Since success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, why are we faced with only 5% who can be called really successful? Because the best estimates available tell us that only about 5% will ever decide upon and define the one thing they want. One thing because we can only do one thing at a time. To my mind, the story of a person's life is the story of a, a quest, a search to which he devotes his life. We know that the happiest people on earth are those who know exactly what it is they seek and set boldly out to find it. And while we're all dreamers, the fortunate ones are those who have found a dream so exciting and worthwhile that they'll devote a part or all of their lives to making that dream come true. But while all dream, by far the great majority, that 95%, never realizes that a persistent daydream is often the point on which we should set our compass, the place toward which it is meant for us to journey. The tragedy is that the great majority shrugs off this built-in direction finder and returns to the wide, visible, well-marked road in life which they feel must be the best road because it carries the heaviest traffic. Well, let's make this point clear. The road in life with the heaviest traffic is not the best road to follow, for it is the road of the 95%. It is the road with no more opportunity. Discouragement can only come from one of two things. One, a lack of information, or two, a situation over which we can exercise no control. It is very seldom that we're faced with number two. Almost all discouragement can be traced to a lack of information. If you find yourself falling from the top of a high building, you could justify discouragement. But it can be traced to your having made the fatal step, and that was a lack of information about the law of gravity. You need only take a look at human history. Of all the billions of human beings who've lived on Earth, all great advances, all great ideas have come from just a handful, a few thousand out of billions. Now, how have the people as a group reacted to the great ideas? Every great leader and thinker, from Socrates to the Wright brothers, has been scorned, ridiculed, poisoned, imprisoned, stoned, burned at the stake, or crucified. Why? Lack of information. Lack of knowledge. It comes from following the wrong crowd. Every job, no matter what it may be, holds somewhere within itself the key to everything we want in life, the key to greatness. But we must look for it, and we must think. It is being undecided, uncommitted about what we're going to do that keeps us from doing our best. We're working with one hand and looking around with the other. So make the decision once and for all. Perhaps for the first time in your life you'll know where you are in the world. We can either compete or create. And when we begin to do this, there's no limit to that which we can achieve. Most people will tell you that security rests with a job. This is impossible. There is no such thing as a job that represents security. Anyone with a job can lose it for any one of a thousand reasons at any time. A job cannot represent security. There is only one place on earth you can find security. And if it isn't there, it isn't anywhere. It's inside of a person, never outside. If a man has security inside where it belongs, 
His wife and children can feel it when he sits down to eat with them, and they're warmed by it. If a man has security inside where it belongs, you can see it walking down the street, and you can feel it when he enters a room. That's security, and you can't take it away from him. You can take away his money, his home, and drop him anywhere in the country. Go back in a year, and he'll be doing just as well as when you found him the first time. You can't keep a good man down, no matter what you do to him. This man or this woman has security where it belongs. It comes from being a pro in a world of amateurs. Becoming a pro isn't difficult. It comes from knowing what to do with time. It comes from knowledge, planning, and working. And by devoting an hour a day to study, we can become outstanding professionals in five years or less. The person who does this is the person people call lucky. Good things just seem to happen to him. The so-called breaks start coming his way. But it's a result of planning and working positively that attracts the good things to us. I can't emphasize too much the importance of describing your goal in detail. You're on course, and you'll reach more successful ports in a few years than most men do in a lifetime. Working more than the average, if we're going to achieve more than average results, is necessary, of course. But with proper planning and with knowledge, it seems easy. Unless we have a desire to do a certain thing, we find ourselves without the energy. But you will never find desire without energy. Once our goal has been crystallized in our minds and we realize that we become what we think about, our doubts vanish as to whether or not we can achieve our desired end. And with the picture of our dream in our mind, we have abundant energy. Compared with what we ought to be, we're only half awake. Our fires are damped. Our drafts are checked. We're making use of only a small part of our possible mental and physical resources. Stating the thing broadly, the human individual thus lives usually far within his limits. He possesses powers of various sorts which he habitually fails to use. He energizes below his maximum and he behaves below his optimum. By pushing past the first false feeling of fatigue, we will find an exhilarating second wind that will take us to our goals. Start acting the part of the person you wish to become. Carry as often as you can a clear mental image of the person you want to be and begin to be that person. It will lead you without fail to the goal you seek. You see, when you begin to do this, you're using your greatest power, your mind, and you will become what you think about. The only thing about a man that is a man is his mind. Everything else you can find in a pig or a horse. Our minds represent our hope and our future. Yet, as a rule, it is the last place the average person will turn to for help. Your mind contains riches beyond belief, but you must prospect this rich and largely unexplored continent. And the only way it can be prospected is by systematic study and systematic thinking. Your mind is like a muscle. It will develop only to the extent that you use it, no more. You're building your mind into a powerful and creative servant. The first and most important thing to remember is the rule that controls our life. We become 
literally what we think about. We must fully understand, emotionally as well as intellectually, that whatever it is we set our heart upon will become real in our lives. We must realize, too, that security can be found in one place only, inside of us. If it isn't there, it isn't anywhere. Let's be different. A strong life is like that of a ship of war which has its own place in the fleet and can share in its strength and discipline, but can also go forth alone to the solitude of the infinite sea.